0: Welcome to Truth Triumphant Radio, I'm your host Cody Mori, and today I wanted to talk about Donald Trump's legacy, his particular he, his Jesuit legacy, and the reason I want to do that is because more and more I want to keep things in perspective for God's people that are are, are the watchers on the walls of Zion, and perspective for any others who just so happen to stumble upon this channel. And uh, and take a listen, and that is that. The Bible is very clear who the enemy is. It's the woman who rides the beast. So in Revelation chapter eighteen, actually Revelation chapter seventeen, we're brought to a a picture, a vision from John where he sees a woman upon a scarlet covered beast, and he's taken to the wilderness to see her. So a woman in Bible prophecy, of course is a church system, like the Bride of Christ is God's true church. And likewise, a harlot or a prostitute woman would be an unfaithful church, which would be the Roman Catholic Church system. And it's the Bible makes it very clear that the one who is pulling the strings, though it's in obscurity, though it's in the background and we can't see it, It is the Roman Catholic Church system they used to rule openly during the Dark Ages after the time really of the French Revolution and their power being broken really in 1798 by Napoleon's general Berthier and the rise of atheism what they call the Enlightenment the power of the church was broken but she but she never truly fell all the way she received a deadly wound as Revelation chapter 13 says but she did not she did not die she she rose back up the deadly wound has been healing and it will be fully healed again when she rules out in the open and that's what we're looking for this is what Protestants throughout throughout the history of the reformation understood the Waldenses even before the the major reformer names that we know like John Wycliffe and Martin Luther and John Wesley William Tyndale, uh, and many others. Uh, it's a, I'm, I know I'm doing a bit of a disservice not to name them because there are so many great individuals that God used, and he gets the glory ultimately, but there are so many great individuals that God used. Many died uh, for their faith. All lost something in some way. But uh, the Lord protected some until their deaths, individuals like John Wycliffe and, and Martin Luther. Now, these, these groups who are studying the Bible and beginning to understand that the church doctrines were not in conformity to the Scripture. This started the the big debate between the authority of Scripture versus the authority of the church and tradition. This was the major issue back during the Reformation times. Well, the Bible is truth, and it is stronger. And as it began to be printed in the the language of the people, people began to read for themselves, and they began to get back to the the true teachings of scripture teachings about baptism uh, what the Bible has to say about the the communion sacrament uh, whether it's you know sacrament I hesitate to use that word but the communion uh, uh, ceremony what it meant uh, baptism whether it's by immersion or just the sprinkle of sprinkling of water versus baby baptism there were many things now the the reformers did not agree On a lot of things that's why it splintered into so many different denominations and undoubtedly that was the devil's work but you had the Lutherans you had the Calvinists later on you had the Methodists you had the Anglicans each and every one of these churches had true believers in them Um, not all their doctrines were perfect but many of them had true believers in them there were Presbyterians as well and of course before the times there were Waldenzies. Now, one thing that they all agreed on, in spite of their many differences, in spite of their splintering and, and, and falling apart, the thing that they all did agree on was the identity of who the whore of Babylon was, or who the Antichrist was, to put it in layman's terms today. And that was the Roman Catholic Church system, with the head of it as the Pope. So the Pope being the embodiment of... Of what the Antichrist is but it's actually not just the the papacy or just one individual in history it is every individual that's occupied that office that has received worship that has given out indulgences that has uh, pretended and lied and pretended to be infallible uh, to be over Scripture and to have the power to forgive sins and to pass that power on to their priests that is blasphemy folks biblically speaking that's blasphemy and all arrows of the Protestant reformers, I mean spiritual arrows that they fired, when it came to the identity of the Antichrist power, they are all, they all understood this. Now we can argue about different things about scripture. We can argue about different things about uh, who believes what, whether uh, you are a evangelical uh, Christian or whether you're a Seventh-day Adventist like me, or if you have some other faith uh, background, perhaps you're a Jew for Jesus and you think the feast days are something that everybody needs to be keeping or something like that. We've had those debates. We can have those debates. But one thing that that the Reformers did not debate on, they didn't need to, was the identity of the Antichrist. That's the point I'm trying to drive there. Um, so the Bible is clear that the deadly wound would eventually be healed and that the antichrist power the Roman Catholic Church system is the one pulling the strings in the background and folks what we see going on right now the culture war the culture clash whether it's the transgenderism stuff or them going after our kids with the insanity the the sexual grooming and things like that going on in the in the public education sphere we begin to look around and we start looking for saviors it's just human nature it's human nature. All of us have has been caught up in this, most likely, at one point or another. Right? If your Savior is not Jesus Christ, and many times even if he is, you look for saviors here on Earth. Little s. <laughs> well, with the insanity that's going on in the left, so many people are like finding themselves... You see Democrats all the time now say... I feel like I am politically homeless because they don't they don't agree with all the radicalisms that go along with what is what is the Democratic Party today. And conservatives um, they're growing in number and people are beginning to have more conservative values because the the pendulum has been swung so far to the left that. Um, people tend to start running from that and when they run from that when it becomes so insane they end up they end up tipping the scales back the other way and so I think it's important for us to just have some perspective on this to keep in mind that the Jesuits play both sides they there's a reason why you have so many political commentators on the right and they talk about all the things that are going on and usually even in places like Fox News they'll faithfully report some of this some of this stuff like Tucker Carlson, uh, sometimes Sean Hannity, and others, they'll they'll talk about some of the stuff that's going on. But the reason they do that, folks, and this is really my theory, but you are listening to my radio program, so uh, you can have my theory right now. My theory about that is, um, and this is might might derive from the the fact that I've studied uh, psychology. I actually have a degree in psychology, for what that's worth. Nowadays, you know. Uh, I wasn't indoctrinated, but I was definitely pushed in certain ways and, and had a, a battle there. But that's a talk for another time. But I have studied, I've always been very interested in uh, why people do what they do. So, so, sociology, psychology, not so much the, the garbage that comes from how to treat people, because I believe that many times psychology fails in the sense of the answer is Christ. The answer is Jesus Christ. Uh, the, the different neuroses we have, whether it's depression, whether whether we struggle with uh, bipolar disorder, or um, you know, as I said, bouts of depression, or bipolar two, or just some other some other neurosis, obsessive compulsive disorder, uh, bulimia anorexia. I mean, you just go down the list. Anxiety, different things that people struggle with and what they don't understand is that the answer to those things is Jesus Christ, and I think psychology many times comes up short, but there are many areas of psychology that are actually uh, worthy of value, and I think like neuroscience and, and things like how the brain actually functions, the prefrontal cortex, and the scientific aspects of psychology are very important. Now, I think that this study has been done as far as psychology this study has been done in a great degree by the jesuits themselves they understand uh, what people are thinking and why they do what they do they've they've done studies they've done experiments on massive scales we're in one right now (laughs) Uh, as to as to why people do what they do and ways to control people and what they do is they control people through fear and my theory again on the On the political commentators particularly the ones on the right is that when people see someone standing up and saying this is wrong and we shouldn't be doing this and you know speaking truth to power and all that stuff what people will do who are too Perhaps, you know, we all have families. We have our own daily things that we have to do. We, we have sets amount of time. We don't have time uh, many times to be politically uh, active in the sense of being a political activist, right? So, and I'm talking about the masses. So what they do to control people who see gross and unbelievable acts that violate constitutional rights... And that just enrage people. Is they'll have people, they'll have people that that they control speaking truth to power, because the the people that are upset, they'll see that there's somebody saying something, so they feel like something's being done, and then they relax and they they stop trying to do something directly about it because they think you know, well at least we have Tucker Carlson, you know he's he's saying something and he's doing something. And at least we have all these other political commentators, Ben Shapiro, and, and, and these other people that are speaking truth to power and they're not pulling any punches, and it makes the rest of us, instead of coming together and doing something about the insanity that's going on right now, I mean as a nation, what we do is we pump the brakes and we say, oh good, there's a battle being fought, I'll support this person, I will send money to sendmoneynow.com you know, or wherever wherever one of these commentators requires. I, I'll subscribe to them, I'll do this and essentially what's actually going on I think, again this is a theory, and I'm not mocking anybody who's listened to some of these people. I tune into these people uh, every now and again just to see what's actually going on um, or at least their comments on them and I'm not mocking anybody who tunes into CNN or or Fox just to see what they're saying. That's not the same as leaving it on 24-7 and basically just believing everything that they say. Because most of the things they say are lies. They have a narrative. They do have an agenda. And it's on both sides, folks. And what this is called, what this is called, see my theory actually has a backing. And what this is called is the Hegelian dialectic. You have, you have a problem, and then you have your solution to the problem. And what you do is you play both sides of that problem so that you can control it and then you can bring about your solution in the end. Okay, so what they want is they want people to embrace the Roman Catholic Church system again. So what they do is they take, they take the militant atheism group and they, they make them extremely radicalized. And you'll have opposers that speak against them, like Donald Trump, like Rush Limbaugh in the past, like Tucker Carlson today. And they'll, they will preach against these things, if you will, and they'll appear to be the other side, right? So there's still people that, the people that are, you know, that have good solid principles, quote unquote, if you will, they'll flock to these groups and they'll see them speaking truth to power And the other groups that are seeing it radicalized, many more will start to go and float over to the other side. And what will you have? Eventually, you will have your alt-right fascist system that you want to implement. And all of this is compounding on what the Bible talks about, which is the mark of the beast, the Sunday law. Everything is going to be about the law of God. Everything is about the law of God. It's always been about the law of God. And before Christ returns, that will be the ultimate question that we all have to have to face. Are we going to keep the law of God or not? Now, do we keep it in our own strength? Absolutely not. I never said that. We don't, we don't have a religion of works. Works cannot, will not save us. It's impossible. But what we can do is we can submit to Jesus Christ every day. And when we do that, it's him doing the work you see when the harvest time comes the people anybody who's been a farmer knows and i haven't but i've read about it read about it when the harvest time comes when the farmers go out to bring in the harvest they're only concerned with the fruit if a plant looks nice but doesn't produce anything it's worthless It's going to be removed eventually. When harvest time comes, only the fruit matters. Because only the fruit is collected. So we have to ask ourselves, what are the fruits that are in our lives? Are we bearing fruit for Christ? Or are we bearing wicked fruits? Because fruits simply reveal what kind of tree it is. Fruits reveal the type of plant. That's all they do. Uh, An orange tree can produce oranges only. It can't produce apples. It can't produce plums. It can't produce, you name it. It can't produce those other things. It's an orange tree. It produces orange, period. Same thing with a wicked plant. If a plant is wicked, and it doesn't ask for Christ's righteousness each and every day, it produces wicked fruits. It can't help it. That's what it does. There's nothing it can do about it. It can try uh, to produce an orange, but it will never do it. Likewise is true for those who have accepted Christ's righteousness. They will produce fruits of righteousness. They will produce the fruits that Christ works in through their lives, and there will be a harvest for them. They won't produce wicked fruits, because wicked fruits would imply that they're a wicked plant. They will produce righteous fruits because they are now a righteous plant recreated in Christ. So, I wanted to look at Je- uh, the Jesuit history, the Jesuit legacy of Donald Trump. Now, first, a lot of this stuff, 2020, our hindsight's 2020 on all this, so it, the, it becomes more and more clear. The more you see things going on around us, so I want to point out a couple of interesting facts. Number one, and th- some of these might not be new to you, but Donald Trump went to a Jesuit school, Fordham University. He actually dropped out, uh, but he did go there. And what's more, what's more important, is that he sent his kids there, both uh, not to Fordham, but to a je- another Jesuit university the premier Jesuit University in the United States which is Georgetown University he sent his daughter Ivanka Trump and Eric Trump there so these are the saviors that we're looking to right right now right I mean Eric Trump and Ivanka Trump have been very vocal in the past and even today about the ridiculousness of what's going on on the left so who are our heroes answer we don't have any who are the good guys answer there are none who can you trust answer no one there's an article that I found online it's actually back from 2016 and it talks about the original Jesuit cabinet of Donald Trump now first he he picked his VP who is a catholic turned protestant and considers himself and kind of went back and considered himself an evangelist, uh, evangelical catholic mike pence chris christie was an original he, he didn't stay but he was originally a selected member of uh... donald trump's cabinet he's roman catholic newt gingrich uh... gingrich he was roman catholic michael flynn which we've seen has been in the news in the past um, in regards to some of the the problems going on with the corruption in in DC he's Roman Catholic Rudy Giuliani one of uh, Donald Trump's selected attorneys for the elections fiasco he's Roman Catholic and he's also a Knight of Malta there was Steve Bannon again he left but he was uh, chief strategist and senior counselor for the presidency of Donald Trump. Former executive uh, chair of Breitbart News, he actually started Breitbart News, uh, and he was Jesuit Jesuit trained at Georgetown. Lou Barletta, Roman Catholic; Chris Collins, Roman Catholic; Tom Marino, Roman Catholic; Devin Nunes, Roman Catholic; Anthony Scaramucci, Roman Catholic and a member of the Council on Foreign Relations. Eric Trump uh, was a board member of Georgetown's Business Society uh, and Public Policy Initiative. Ivanka Trump also attended Georgetown for two years. David Malpass, Jesuit trained from Georgetown, Vice President of the Council for National Policy leading appointment selections for positions involving economic issues. Keith Kellogg, trained, at Jesuit, trained by a Jesuit at Santa Clara University, leading appointment selections for positions involving national defense issues. And there are many more. I'm just going to focus on some of the highlights here. One, one of the big things we got to remember is that during the COVID-19 crisis, we had all this political garbage coming out of the CDC. And who was the director of the CDC? the director of the CDC was actually another Trump appointment his name is Robert Redfield he was appointed in 2018 now if you go to Wikipedia and you look up this man Robert Redfield it says this about him his parents had another son and daughter his father died when he was four years old Redfield attended Georgetown University and at college, worked in Columbia University laboratories where investigations focus on the involvement of retroviruses and human disease. He earned a Bachelor of Science from Georgetown University's College of Arts and Sciences in 1973, and he then attended Georgetown University School of Medicine and was awarded his Doctor of Medicine in 1977. Again, another Donald Trump appointee. Jesuit-trained and of course we see the insanity that happened with covid also there are other members first i want to start with wilbur ross wilbur ross was the united states secretary of commerce appointed by donald trump he attended xavier high school which is a jesuit catholic high school Just like like Dr. Anthony Fauci went to a Jesuit-educated high school and then Holy Cross Jesuit school. It's a college preparatory school. Again, if you look up this man on Wikipedia, Wilbur Ross, you'll see that it says this. Ross attended Xavier High School, a Catholic school, and college preparatory school in Manhattan. He ran track and was captain of the rifle team. He graduated in 1955. So, some time ago, and he it, it goes on though talks about his connection with Yale too, and of course we know we have there's the Skull of Bone Society there. It says in 1959 he received a bachelor's degree from Yale College, his father's alma mater. So, Wilbur Ross was another individual. And then of course we had uh, Nunkin, Nunkin also was a Roman Catholic. You had Patrick Shanahan. He was went to Bishop Blancett High School. He was another Donald Trump appointee. And then we come to William Barr. William Barr, interesting. William Barr, again, you look up the individual on on Wikipedia. William Barr, of course, is the uh, appointed attorney general who did basically nothing uh, when the election was going on about some of the problems going on there and I can't really say much more beyond that but let's let's look at his education and let's look at his, uh, his belief system here it says this in early life and education section of Wikipedia it says Barr's father was Jewish and raised in Judaism but later converted to Christianity and joined the Catholic Church his mother is of Irish ancestry Barr was raised as a Catholic. Barr was the second of four sons. His younger brother Stephen Barr is professor of physics at the University of Delaware. Barr grew up in New York City's Upper West Side. As a child, he attended Catholic Grammar School, Corpus Christi School, and then the non-sectarian Horace Mann School. After school, he attended the Ivy League School of Columbia University and majored in government and graduated with a Bachelor of Arts in 1971 so again you have roman catholics and or jesuit trained individuals all around donald trump and then what happened when the covid shutdowns came following the science right following the science you had operation warp speed who created the vaccine who created this whole vaccine situation well it was donald trump and whose advice was he following He was following the advice of another Jesuit, as he mentioned before, Dr. Anthony Fauci. And if you read the book by Robert F. Kennedy Jr., the real Anthony Fauci, you can learn a whole lot more um, about that individual. And I will say, uh, last week, if you didn't catch the radio program, it's because we had to put it on Rumble. We actually talk about... Anthony Fauci and Bill Gates specifically. So if you want to hear some more about that, go on to Rumble and check out check it out there. Unless, of course, you are tuning in through Spotify or Apple, uh, some of the other platforms that we're on. If you're if you're going through a podcast platform, chances are it's there. Um, but if you're looking for us on YouTube, we did not even try to post it there. So if you're interested in that, take a look at it over there. Now, also, remember, the Supreme Court justices that Donald Trump appointed were Gorsuch, who claims to be Anglican but went to a Jesuit school and was actually raised a Catholic. You have Kavanaugh, who was uh, also Jesuit-trained Georgetown University. And you have Amy Coney Barrett, another Roman Catholic. Every single appointee that that he did was either Jesuit trained or Roman Catholic and that brings the grand total of the amount of justices that are either Jesuit trained or Roman Catholic or both to seven of the nine and that is that is the legacy of Donald Trump and who started this whole debt relief process and paying people off and bringing this country to the brink of ruin in trillions and trillions and trillions of dollars in debt biden continued to take the ball and run with it and i'm not in any way saying oh yeah biden's a great guy if you if you compare policy to policy i think trump's much better but what i'm trying to explain to you guys is that they're both on this both on the same team they're both they're both involved what trump has managed to do by getting out of office um is allow biden to be the bad guy here so that he can probably folks he could probably come in in 2024 uh as the savior of of the united states and we have and this whole we have to get back to god movement and there are many positives about it folks no doubt about that there are many positives about it however where is it going to lead Well, Mrs. White says it'll be a grassroots movement. She says that the Sunday law movement will be the people putting pressure on the politicians, not the other way around, asking for a Sunday law. So you have Operation Warp Speed. You have uh, himself Jesuit trained, his children Jesuit trained, members of his cabinet, and I didn't even go into all of them. Many Jesuit trained, the CDC director Jesuit trained during COVID, taking pointers from Dr. Anthony Fauci, regardless of what their their relationship is now. He listened to him. And you can't... That's the problem I have with people that have talked to me about Trump in the past and say, what do you think about him? Because, you know, he did do some great things and his policies were pretty good. And I told them, I said, "There's, I, I can't overlook the problems that that he has. I can't make the excuses of well he didn't know and well he was just following the advice of his cabinet and their Jesuits. Um, or well he was just following the advice of the medical professional uh you know industry there and the head of the NIH and Dr. Anthony Fauci and he just trusted the wrong people and I cannot make the excuses necessary to absolve Trump of any and all uh, responsibility for the state of affairs that this country is in right now. He is very much involved uh, in what's been going on. The going into debt, which has been the Rothschild family banking dynasty's plan for a long time. And if you read the book, Rulers of Evil, if you, you look the name up, Rothschilds in the in the Jewish Encyclopedia and it says one of their titles is keepers of the Vatican Treasury so all the ties go back so he's fulfilling their plans he's there's so many things that he's done that has worked in favor of the Jesuits he's been surrounded by Jesuits he was even defended by Jesuits remember Uh, when the January sixth thing occurred you had Senator Josh Hawley Jesuit trained conservative who said that he was going to oppose the election and what came of all this now we have your boogeyman communism and it's it's a real serious threat folks we don't know how far this is going to go we don't know how serious this is going to get before before we flip back to the other side or if this brings about a sunday law or if biden goes the route of 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 the same route hitler did where he came in through socialism Remember, Hitler was part of the National Socialist German Workers' Party. And then he, he went to full-board full, full board right-wing fascism. That's what he did. Because he, he seemed to be the moderate between... Remember, Hitler seemed to be the moderate between the Communist Party and the Catholic Party. The alt-right and the alt-left. He was the, he was the middle ground. But it turns out he wasn't the middle ground, was he? He was the far right... And that's all Rome ever offers you. They offer you, as J. A. Wiley puts it in his book, they offer you communism or despotism. Despotism is your far right, and communism, which is also another form of despotism, is your far left. You see, the spectrum is not a straight line. Where you tip the you tip the scale to the left and you have tyranny and you tip the scale to the right and you have tyranny. No, to me it's more like a circle. If you go if you start at the very top of the circle and you go to the left, and you go as far as you can to the left, where do you end up? You end up at the bottom of the circle. If you go to the right instead and go the other way, where do you end up? end up at the bottom of the circle. You end up in the same place, folks. The left, The regime of the left and the regime of the right are going to take us to the same place. And many people, unfortunately, are going to be deceived. They're deceived, perhaps. And what I'm seeing is pe- many people are being deceived into believing that the right is going to be is going to take us uh, to a balanced view, and we'll have to see what happens, folks. I would say that as far as my own political views, if I have any political views, they come from Scripture. If I have anything that can relate to that, my views would appear to be conservative. In the day and age which we're living now, however, if we were living in another day and age, if we were living during the time of the Dark Ages, during the time of the Reformation, I would probably be considered uh, liberal, because I didn't, I didn't, don't, and will never believe in the divine right of kings. I'll never believe in tradition uh, over over freedom of speech, freedom of religion. Uh, the right to bear arms, all those were liberal views at one point. Because the conservative, the monarch, the monarchy structure of Europe, uh, had banned those things. They were full on, do not disobey your monarch, do not disobey uh, the church, there are classes of people, the feudal system, that's all far-right stuff. So please don't get caught up into, oh, this person sounds like a liberal, oh, this person sounds like a conservative, and therefore I'm not going to listen to them. How about we just start thinking for ourselves again? Scripture tells us that realms behind all of this. Trump's legacy testifies that it is. Folks, don't don't fall into the deception of believing that we have some kind of uh, savior here that's going to change uh, all this stuff. Just be watchmen on the walls of Zion. Keep your keep the keep the country in prayer. Keep the Folks in Ukraine in prayer, the innocent ones, that are being slaughtered over there. And watch and wait and pray and prepare. Prepare because Christ is coming soon. That's about all the time we have for today. I'm Cody Moore. You've been listening to Truth Triumphant Radio. We'll catch you next week. God bless.